0: feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Lovely
1: Rita, meet nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away.
0: Breaking news.
1: And right now, an update coming from Ukraine where very heavy explosions are being heard in the capital city tonight, as it appears that Russian forces are getting much, much closer to Kiev. And we have heard in the last few hours the mayor of Kiev saying, we are ready, we will fight, talking about women and teenagers Uh, Men, even grandfathers, getting out there and picking up arms, as well as the Ukrainian military, saying they know that they are getting surrounded, but they are ready to fight. Meantime, President Zelensky over there is pleading with Russia to put down their arms, pleading with Russian citizens and troops to say, do not fight this battle. He is also going to battle with the U.S. Congress this week because he is scheduled to to speak before the U.S. Congress, the House, and Senate on Wednesday, electronically, of course, as he is still holed up in his country and defending it at all costs. Also, by the way, in the last few hours, everybody, Russia is apparently hitting Kharkiv with ballistic missiles as well, a sign that Vladimir Putin is getting desperate and trying to get a victory in Ukraine because we know that they've lost a whole bunch of Russian forces. We know that a number of towns, everyone has been fighting back, but they have been getting more brutal and more ruthless. In fact, in the last few hours, we're getting word of potentially, possibly another mayor who has been kidnapped. We know that two so far have been kidnapped. Uh, One of them, it was shown on video. It was pretty amazing. They put a plastic bag over his head in Metropole, And basically walked him off. Um, And now we are getting word that there are continued ruthless attacks against civilians all throughout Ukraine. Not only more hospitals and more schools. Also, there was an Orthodox monastery, a Christian monastery, with about 200 refugees, with women and kids inside, that was targeted in the last day or so. The Russians are trying to hit everywhere. And they also hit, as we know, right on the Polish border. That was an incredible attack, too, as well, because that was only about 12 miles from the Polish border at an international peacekeeping base. And that is coming dangerously close to NATO territory. Apparently, that was a missile. We're getting word in the last few hours that that was not dropped from a plane, but that was actually launched from Russia, a long-range missile Multiple ones that obviously were done. They said about uh, 30 or so uh, were done, actually, that came toward that international peacekeeping structure where only a few weeks ago there were National Guard from the U.S. that were there training the Ukrainians. So this is hitting really close to home, again, still in Ukraine, but right there on the border with Poland. And also, as I just mentioned, massive strikes taking place at this hour. Huge explosions being heard all over the capital city. And also the governor of Kharkiv claiming that Kharkiv was hit with short-range ballistic missiles stationed in Russia. So massive force coming from Russia. So what is the U.S. going to do? What should we do? Why are we not giving them at least... Air defense systems. Why are we not giving them much more superior air defense systems? We're the best military in the world. We also have NATO with us. What the heck is going on? Why are we dragging our feet? And of course, there's still the big debate about the MiGs, whether we should be giving them the MiGs planes or not. And, you know, at this point, why don't you just sneak them in? We had Secretary Wilkie on the show last week, former Secretary of Veterans Affairs. He's like, just put them in a truck, sneak them in across the border. And why tonight, at minimum, do they not have the most sophisticated air defense systems in the world, the most sophisticated ones in the world? We have them. Other places have them. Why are we not bringing them in? We're bringing in javelins. We're bringing in stingers. Why don't we bring them in? They're not planes. There should be no debate about it. And that is why President Zelensky is going to plead before Congress in two days from now and ask for everything because they are fighting with everything they have. But they need much more U.S. and much more NATO support. So why is President Biden just lollygagging? It's like he's, he was out at Democratic events. What the heck is he doing at Democratic events? To me, he should be in the Situation Room. He should be at the White House or Camp David. He was for part of it this weekend. But he's also out there on the campaign trail talking about the midterms. I'm sorry, but right now we may be on the war, you know, verge of World War III. I don't think he should be thinking about the midterms. I want to hear your thoughts tonight on all of this as you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Also, by the way, coming up in just about 20 minutes or so from now, we are going to have Great General Keith Kellogg, Fox News contributor, also former National Security Advisor to then-President Trump and also then-Vice President Pence. Um, Great military strategist. I cannot wait to hear what he says about all of this as to what we should do, where we're missing the mark, and what kind of timetable does Ukraine have. Because it's like they are sitting ducks there at that capital. Yes, they're preparing. Yes, they have the military might and and sort of the, the fight in their souls like I've never seen. It's really impressive. It's inspiring to the world. But they're still going up against one of the most ferocious militaries in the world. And it is indeed a David and Goliath fight. And it's going to be brutal. It's going to be bloody. And you can tell that the Russians are going to pound them from the air, even as far away as from Russia. So if you had some of these sophisticated anti-defense systems, guess what? You'd be able to block some of these missile strikes they be able to know, especially they know, that they're coming toward these key areas, toward these missile depots, towards these military locations. Put them around schools. Put them around hospitals. Definitely put them around any military locations like airfields and things like that. That's what they were going for right there on the Polish border. They're trying to do anything they can to block supplies to come into Ukraine to choke them out. So some of the locations are known. So put some of these air defense systems that would shoot out these missiles, at least give the Ukrainians all they can because they are fighting with all they can. This is what conservative commentator Mark Thiessen had to say today when he was talking about the time is of the essence that Biden should not wait
2: let's say he let's say he's able to encircle kiev but he's not able to take the capital then we could have a situation where we have a, a siege of kiev where people are starving in the streets where residential neighborhoods are being bombed there's gonna be enormous pressure for us to do a the equivalent of a berlin airlift uh to provide humanitarian supplies to the city which means nato planes flying over over ukraine wouldn't it be better to give the ukrainians planes now so that they can repel that invasion and prevent that siege Uh, But every every time we hesitate to do something, we make the situation more desperate and more dangerous.
1: Why are we waiting if the goal is to protect Ukraine? Let's not sort of dance. And I understand why the debate about MIGS is some issue. I definitely understand. It definitely heightens the rhetoric. But we've already heard President Putin basically say anybody who's doing sanctions against me, that's an act of war. Anyone who's supplying military, that's an act of war. Why are we like, you know, like lap dogs going, okay, okay, okay. And we're not even giving the best air defense systems, not even military we're not even giving them these very key items. And I've heard there's a number of like countries that are in the region that had these S three hundreds. They are basically able to shoot down these missiles that are coming in from Russia and everywhere else. What the heck are we waiting for? Are we gonna wait till Ukraine is just a piece of dust? What the heck are we waiting for? Here's a little more of Mark Thiessen talking about that.
2: As Putin gets more desperate, he's going to become more brutal. Uh, You're seeing this. This was supposed to be a three-day operation. Uh, He was supposed to be in Kiev by now. He was supposed to have installed a puppet government. And uh, and the whole thing was supposed to be wrapped up and done. And we're now in week three. uh, And he still hasn't succeeded in achieving his objectives. And the longer it takes... Uh, the more brutal he becomes. And our hesitance to do what is necessary to stop him, to provide the Ukrainians, for example, with those MiG fighters uh, that that they're asking for, that President Zelensky has desperately been asking for, is only going to put us in a tougher situation.
1: If the goal is to protect Ukraine and the goal is to protect NATO, and he's dancing right there, Putin, by slamming many, many missiles, killing people, by the way. I mean, there were hundreds injured. There were 34 killed in that attack alone. He's also, as we know, you know, he's inching right there on NATO territory. What if it was a bad missile strike? What if it missed? I mean, he knew what he was hitting. You're going to believe that some old Russian missile system is going to know exactly where it's hitting. He's claimed all the hospitals were wrong ones. You know, oh, they're errant missiles. We didn't we didn't mean to hit them. So what is he going to suddenly hit something into Poland or other neighboring countries and go, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to hit there. And what are we going to do at that point? This is really dangerous stuff. And clearly, Putin is testing a very weak President Biden. Here's Kayleigh McInerney, former White House press secretary, talking about this.
3: You had Florida National Guard there, 165 soldiers from the Florida National Guard stationed in the very building that was shelled with 30 Russian missiles. They were evacuated on February 12th. But we had... American soldiers there. This is 12 miles from Poland. This is frightening. And even more so when you consider Jake Sullivan, national security advisor, went out on one of the Sunday shows with Margaret Brennan on CBS. He was asked point blank, if there was an accidental errant shot into NATO territory, what would we do? He said, all I will say is that if Russia attacks, fires upon, takes a shot at NATO territory, the NATO alliance would respond. That was in response to asking if there was an accidental missile that landed in NATO territory. This is coming dangerously close to home. Uh, it's not world War three yet, but it certainly feels a little closer when there are missiles landing 12 miles from
1: Poland. Wow. What a scary premise. Not World War three yet, but coming dangerously close. And Kennedy on Fox News also said that she didn't really necessarily think it was a surprise that he hit so close to NATO's border and hit in Poland. He is getting more vicious, more ruthless and more brazen. Take a listen
3: nothing surprised me I wouldn't be
2: surprised if he starts bombing Poland and he he obviously he he might want to take the entire world down with him Mm -hmm. Uh, it is it's hard to believe that in this era where we've had so much progress
1: and so much evolution particularly technologically but even in health, even in mental health, the ways that we're having conversations—not just in the U.S. but around the world—I
3: mm-hmm. uh, y- y- am aghast that there are still murderous people who are hellbent on taking things by force and by uh, by
2: ending human life.
1: Unbelievable! And in the last few hours, we we're getting words also that he was uh, Putin was pulling in, as we knew, a whole bunch of Syrian fighters. And there are reports that tens of thousands of them actually signed up to fight, uh, recalled to go into the battle in Ukraine. Over 40,000 of them have registered to travel to Ukraine to fight for Russia. No Syrian fighters have apparently left the country as of March 14th, but are planning to do so soon. And they are very much experts at urban fighting, and that could make it really bloody and really ruthless. Also. Um, We're hearing that China, there are many reports that now President Biden and a number of others were saying that they had heard reports. And we even heard over the weekend saying China basically butt out because there are a series of reports that China may somehow help Russia. So, boy, is it getting ugly. And boy, is it a sign that Putin is getting desperate for a victory? one 800 848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Eight four eight nine two 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 one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Phil in the Bronx. Phil, go ahead. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show.
4: Yeah, hi, Rita. Uh, as I said in earlier calls to your show about uh, the Ukraine, the the whole tragedy is going to wind down to turning the Ukraine into a no man's land, a complete no man's land with at least a million or two dead people. The whole the whole thing should have never happened. Look, I know I know your pride as, as, a, as a family. You had Polish resistance fighters against the Nazis and such. But you've got to understand one thing. I, I've seen war. I've seen combat. And, and the only logical way that this country and its people could have ever had some semblance of civilization is they, they could have surrendered. You know, it's the old Arab trick. You surrender peacefully. You welcome them in. You feed them. You let them live in your homes, and then come Friday night, everybody pulls out a knife and slips their throat. I mean, you know that's that's one one aspect. The second thing is that with with NATO, that they're they're concerned about Poland, possibility of of, of a rocket hitting Poland. Look, the the UN is not going to do anything. These countries are not going to do anything. They
1: but they're but they're but they're, to but right they're supposed to. They're, and you know that, Phil, because no, of... No,
4: they won't. I yeah, can well, guarantee you. I know, I know... And Phil, know you bring up a I great point.
1: No, you bring up a superb point. They're supposed to is what I'm saying. And I hear what you're saying, that they actually won't in practice. Um, and that's a powerful message. But you're right. The way they have acted so far, I would wonder too. I, I totally hear what you're saying. And Phil, thank you very much for your service. Thank you. The one issue I do have a problem with is we should have done so much more beforehand And I do hope that there is something that we can do now so the sheer luck that the Ukrainians could win this fight. We're going to continue more with your calls, everybody, after the break.
0: It's the Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. Now, the latest on Russia's invasion of Ukraine.
1: And this is the Rita Cosby Show as more details are coming in in the battle in Ukraine, which now Heavy explosions, massive strikes taking place in Kiev, including an apartment building and many other locations as citizens there are bracing for an all-out assault by the Russians. Meantime, the United Nations Human Rights Monitoring Mission in Ukraine saying that as of uh, about a day or so ago, they had more than 600 killed of civilians and also more than 1,100 Injured civilians, and they believe that that number is just the tip of the iceberg, that so many people are buried in the rubble, and that that number is going to escalate big time. Also, the very famous image, remember when that hospital was hit by the strike last week? That was in Mariupol, um, that southern city. That city is getting hammered. There are images coming from the sky, which just like smoke after smoke after smoke. They are hitting that city with everything they have, the Russians. And, again, they still don't have electricity. They don't have food. They don't have water. So people are hoping that they can finally get some food to those people. Can you imagine it's been no, a few weeks without food or water? And they're trying to get it to them. Also, remember when that hospital was hit, that famous scene of the mother who was carried out, who was in labor and being carried out, remember, uh, basically from the strike because it was a maternity hospital. Well, that image that literally went around the world, everybody was talking about it. That mother has now passed away and also her little baby. So heartbreaking and such a symbol of the brutality of the Russian regime. And meantime, Lindsey Graham, senator of South Carolina, says we should not be waiting. We should bring in the jets, bring in everything to help the Ukrainian people. Take a listen.
4: We need to send the MiG fighters, Amy Klobuchar said over the weekend, a Democrat from Minnesota, that don't rule out that we will eventually send the MiGs into the Ukraine. If we could reverse course, Steve, and actually send the fighters in, that would be a morale booster for the Ukrainians, and it would hurt Putin because it shows that we're determined to stay in this fight.
1: It would show that we are determined to back the Ukrainian people, although it could escalate things as well. And that is a huge issue. And that's why it's being debated. And again, later this week, President Zelensky is going to be addressing the U.S. Congress. You know for sure he is going to be asking those things. Let's go to Juan in the Bronx in New York. Go ahead, Juan. Your thoughts about what Great we should show. do now.
5: Great show, of course.
1: What's that, one? So, go yeah. ahead, Juan. Great show, of course. Thank you. Uh, Rita,
3: uh, yeah, there's a phrase I would like to use. I like to say there's something backstabbingly wrong about this. Someone talked these poor people into giving up their nukes. And the second they agreed to say, okay, I'll give them up. Now we don't know them. Now we are ashamed to be seen in the same room with them. And we can't even give them a handful of fighter jets to protect themselves. We're treating them like they're from the proverbial wrong side of the tracks. This should not be done to any people on earth. Uh, Rita,
1: you know what, Juan? You bring up some great points because, yeah, when they gave up their nukes, you know, a number of years ago. The deal was Russia would not attack them, which, of course, was never going to be a solid promise. But they did say that. And the U.S. said, we will protect you as well as most of Europe. They said, we're going to protect you. And you're right. Where are they? You know, where is everybody now helping them as they are literally fighting for their lives? And second of all, as you talk about, you're looking at these images and you're going, hey, wait a minute. You know, uh, we fought alongside you in Iraq. We fought alongside you in Afghanistan. They literally spilled blood in both of those countries. So they were there when we needed them, but we're not there and NATO's not there. I agree with you. We have to find some way to supply them and at least give them more military might. Come up with something because right now they are fighting with everything and they're holding off the Russians. But who knows how long when we come back? Our Back the Blue segment, which I love, and also General Keith Kellogg, former Trump National Security Advisor.
0: Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue.
1: And in tonight's Back the Blue A powerful story coming out of Michigan and and Frankenmuth, Michigan, where a woman was saved by the Michigan State Police officers and local firefighters after she fell into the Cass River around 745. Last Friday, the Michigan State Police and first responders were dispatched for a person who was in the river. Now, the woman was partially submerged in the river near the covered bridge. The woman talked with first responders as she lay on her back holding onto a piece of ice. Remember, lots of ice, very, very cold water, too, at that time, too, as well. First responders tossed her a rescue disc before firefighters wearing ice rescue suits were able to go in and rescue her. And the woman was then put in the care of the Mobile Medical Response Unit and taken to the hospital. An amazing rescue, again, as she was clinging to ice. And saved by police officers and firefighters and such a great reminder of the incredible rescue and work of our men and women in blue. Meantime, we are talking about the pounding that is going on as right now the capital city of Ukraine is being attacked from many different directions, really being pounded very much from the sky. Sort of a pattern that we've seen all over the country. And over the weekend, boy, things got dangerously close as a Russian missile strike and multiple missiles actually hit an international peacekeeping facility. And it was only like 10, 12 miles from the Polish border. So, boy, is it getting very close because Poland, of course, is a NATO country. And everyone's going, well, what the heck is President Biden doing? What is he doing? Well, he's been trying to call a number of world leaders, but right now they're not answering his calls. And that includes Moscow. Moscow. He's apparently made some calls. They're not returning. Putin, nobody there returning his calls. The Saudis, UAE, a number of places, because they just don't seem to respect this president. And things are so bad and so apparent that it's really been a lackluster form of leadership on the U.S. part that even Trevor Noah of Comedy Central, who's not necessarily a Donald Trump fan, well, this is kind of interesting. In the last few days— He's saying, boy, it would be very different under President Trump. Take a listen. This is a scene from Comedy Central's Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Would have never happened to Donald Trump. Never. No one was ever ignoring Donald Trump's calls.
3: Yeah, because if you ignored Donald Trump's calls, you didn't know how he would respond. Maybe he'd send an angry tweet. Or maybe he'd just like ban your country from everything. You don't know. That's why I bet in these situations, Biden actually wishes that he could hire Trump to step in as president wildcard, you know, just keep everyone on their toes. Because if Trump was calling, you best believe the UAE, they'll be racing to pick up the phone. Oh, Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump, we're here. We're here.
6: Hello. Too late, Ahmed. You made me wait two rings. We're bombing the UAE
0: and the UFC just in case.
1: And joining us now to discuss all of this is General Keith Kellogg. He is the former national security advisor to then President Trump and Vice President Pence, also the author of War by Other Means. General, you know, the Ukrainian people have been fighting hard for their homeland. What should we give them militarily so they could really defend themselves?
7: Yeah, thanks, Rita. Thanks for having me on tonight. Look, uh, you know, we should give them if they want rocks, give them rocks, slingshots, slingshots, airplanes, airplanes, whatever it takes for them to fight, because they're fighting so valiantly, and they're being led by a Churchillian figure in President Zelensky. I'm a little bit disappointed. You know, we, There was no fly zone, didn't want to do it. NATO kind of got that. But then they asked for, and we were going to give them some uh, MiG-29s that came out of Poland, and uh, it would have increased the Air Force by numbers by about one-third, and we kind of held that up deal. And then, you know, I'm looking, why don't we give them some air defense? We just need to give them some stuff they can fight with. They're not asking... For boots on the ground they haven't asked for a single u.s soldier or an allied soldier at all they just want the ability to fight back and we should be giving them those. and i think we were a little bit late coming to the party and what i mean by that for example we didn't give them the stinger air defense system which is first class till about two weeks ago uh, we were slow getting them a lot of the the, the javelins they needed so we we're slow on the uptake but we should flow everything they want if they want something We should figure a way to give it to them. And right now what I'd like to see them get uh, is an air defense system, especially in the West, to put around point targets so those airfields don't get hit. Uh, We can go to NATO allies. They've got Russian-made systems called the S-300. The the Greece got them. The Bulgarians have them. The Slovakians have them. And we could maybe transfer those in, just give them stuff to fight with. And and we're not doing it. Rita, and that's, um, you know, there, there's no lack of courage with Ukrainians. They don't need courage. What they need is equipment to fight.
1: And, in fact, um, Kiev's mayor said, you know what, just give us the supplies. We'll take care of it. We can close the skies ourselves, but give us the weaponry. Um, do you see that happening? Because that makes perfect sense. And, in fact, I know the S-300s, those are actually, aren't they ironically like Russian-made? So That would be interesting if that's what is actually shooting down Russian missiles, right?
7: Yeah, that was again back in my mind. I said that's only fitting. Yeah, and there 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 are systems that were bought by former, um, you know, Russian satellite c- countries, and then the, the Greeks have them because the Turks bought a Russian system, and and they've got them there. And in my point, of, let's just transfer them there, you know, to figure out we'll backfill them with Patriots or something. And then uh, I think there's a concern by President Biden that if you do something like that, it's escalatory. I said, well, I can't figure that out since. The guy who's escalatory is uh, Putin by invading. And I kind of my attitude would be Rita, oh shove it! Just you know, we're going to supply him with it. If you don't like it, tough. And, and nobody's doing that. I mean, it's just amazing to me that uh, that's when I watched what happened with the mig twenty nines in Poland. The poles were willing to give them up. The Ukrainians were willing to get them. In the United States, and, uh, and President Biden was the one who personally disapproved the deal. I, it's just incredible to me. So. Yeah, you're right. Given the, given the systems, the S-300 is a good system, sort of like if the Patriot system that's got a slant range of uh, basically 100 miles. In other words, you can shoot down an incoming missile or an airplane uh, from the distance from uh, here in Washington, D.C. to Richmond, Virginia. Uh, it's a good system. It's solid. Uh, and I don't know why we don't think out of the box and do stuff like that.
1: How do you feel, General Kellogg, that President Biden has been doing? I mean, it seems like he's sort of, you know, following. I don't, I'm not seeing a lot of leadership. I'm sure if, I want to get your thoughts on that, because even other world leaders are not even picking up the phone. I mean, we're understanding now Moscow is not picking up the phone. Uh, the Saudis aren't picking up the phone. UAE isn't picking up the phone. Is that a sign of how they view him?
7: Yeah, I, I, and I understand Reid is a harsh assessment. I, I kind of got it. But I don't, I don't think he's leading from the front at all. He's kind of reacting. But that's his, that's his DNA. I mean, if you look at it, don't people shouldn't be surprised by that. You know, I, I've said people set patterns in life, Rita. You know, we go to the same service station. We go to the same uh, gas station. We walk down those grocery and down the same aisles like we normally do. And people set patterns, and Joe Biden has set patterns. And his patterns are not of leadership. I mean, it goes back to what Bob Gates said who was the former secretary of defense for Obama and director of the CIA said, Joe Biden's been wrong on nearly every national security decision in the last 40 years. You know, and, 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 I remember the, the story, and it's not story. It's true. You know, usually looked up where when they were going up to Osama bin Laden, in the situation room, but Obama went around the room and asked should they go or no go. And, and Biden said, don't go. And it's just a pattern of his life. So now he's being very reactive, very cautious, He's not being out front. I mean, he talks a real good game, but he doesn't play a good game. And you're right. The Saudis won't pick up the phone and talk to him. The Russians won't pick up the phone and talk to him. Uh, that's not a sign of leadership. That's a sign of that, that is, he's irrelevant. And to Putin, he's irrelevant.
1: Yeah, which is just catastrophic for so many reasons, not to have any sort of communication and to try to pressure the two sides to come to, you know, a peace deal, most importantly, to get Putin to stop first and foremost. Um, What about your thoughts about this strike that happened, General Kellogg, that happened right near the Polish border, uh, you know, 10 to 12 miles of the Polish border? This war is widening. That is so risky.
7: Well, it is. And wars are start, Rita, they generally start because of because misinformation, mistakes, uh, and that's how things get totally out of hand. And I think that's the danger I'm worried about is something like that, just an inert missile goes into Poland or somewhere else. And that's how wars start. And there, I know what they were trying to do militarily. It was trying to shut down the supply lines into western Ukraine, and that's where you kind of say, hey, enough of that. Uh, but boy, I tell you, you're really putting it on the margin when you do something like that. Uh, and and that's, you know, that's how mistakes in the war start. And I think it's just very, very risky. I know militarily why he did it. Uh, it's also why we should have prevented it by putting some type of defense system there. Uh, you know, a a missile defense system like our Patriot or S 300 or something, but boy, I'll tell you, you're getting really, really close. And, and Putin doesn't care. And, and somehow we have to make Putin care about that. You know, I think the part of the reason he doesn't care is I think he may be losing right now. Look, if he has to go outside and ask the Chinese for help, which there are reports he's done that, or go to the Syrians for help, reports he's done that, that's telling me uh, – that's a big tell, telling me that you know, he's having problems and needs some help. And I tell the Chinese – there was apparently a seven-hour meeting with Jake Sullivan uh, with the Chinese today about the, the war – you know, I, if I was Jake Sullivan, that meeting wouldn't have lasted seven hours, left seven minutes, and I'd walked, I would have walked in the door and said, look, if you support the Russians, you are party to this conflict. And anything that happens in the future, it's going to be on you as well. Help us end this war or otherwise get out of my face. Thank you very much and walk out the door. But talking for seven hours, I mean, that's just, you know, I, what did they solve? Nothing. I, I just don't get it. But That's just administration.
1: Yeah, no, it's been really frightening. And as we're seeing the war widen and widen and widen, and sadly, the brutality that's been happening on the Ukrainian people, because I think, to your point, General, that Putin is desperate and worried. He's reaching out to others, but he's also getting just so brutal, even within Ukraine and hitting hospitals and schools and everything. Where, where do you see the next like few days, just based from a military perspective? Because he is desperate.
7: Well, I think the culmination point remains key. He thought um, – you remember Mark Milley, our chairman of the Joint Chiefs, said it would fall in three days. Well, we're in our 18th day, and I think that's still the culmination point. What I mean by culmination point is if he doesn't – and the term is decapitate the government, that replace it. If he doesn't take Kiev or decapitate the government by getting rid of Zelensky, this is going to be a long fight because Kiev uh, is, right now is a city, even after the evacuations, about 1.5 million. It's a large city, uh, and you get into city fighting, and your advantage of having tanks goes away. And you can rubble the city, but rubble helps defenders, and, and, and they're not going to quit. And if they don't quit, this, this thing could go on for a long time. So I think this coming this week will be interesting. Here's what's going to be interesting, Rita, what I'd really watch. Let's watch what happens on Wednesday when Zelensky addresses uh, the Senate and the House of Representatives, a, a joint session. Uh, by, I guess, by VTC. Let's see what kind of reaction he gets from there. And that could be a big change on what happens here. I wouldn't, you know, my whole thought process is let's not worry about what Putin is doing. Let Putin worry about what we're doing. You know, let's change the dynamic. All we're thinking about is well, what's Putin going to do? What's Putin going to do? What's Putin going to do? We should have a point of saying, I don't care what Putin's going to do. Let me tell you what we're going to do. and and let him start worried about what we're doing, then we're reacting to him and it should be the other way around.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. That is key for him to be concerned. And listen, we are still the greatest military power in the world. Also NATO, too, as well. Uh, I mean, it's just it is incredible how we've been sort of reactionary. And you're right. Let him be concerned about this this powerful team and what message it could send and what military might it could truly bring. Um, General Keith Kellogg, so great to have you here and always get your important military perspective. Thank you so much.
7: Thanks, you. Thanks for having me.
1: Really interesting just to hear General Kellogg just now talking about what he thinks would make a huge difference. And in particular, those Russian militaries. Isn't that interesting that it could be Russian military hardware that could maybe prevent the missiles that are coming in and attacking Russian City, I mean, the Ukrainian cities with those Russian missiles, in other words, those S 300s that he was talking about, those air defense systems, are Russian made. They were given to Bulgaria, Greece, as you just heard, a couple of countries. Maybe they could get them in ASAP into Ukraine, and then it would be Russian technology against Russian technology. And boy, it would certainly give the Ukrainians a fighting chance. And I think it's the least we should do. What do you think? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to David on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Go ahead, David. Your thoughts. Oh.
8: Hey, Rita. How you doing?
1: Good. What do you think should happen now? What's your thoughts?
8: Well, my thought, what I, what I told the call screener is I think this is Biden's M.O. perfectly. This is the Biden crime family. I mean, he cut off our oil supply, to drive up the price of oil. Putin makes a fortune. I, I don't know if he realized that, uh, you know, Putin was going to start this vicious war with it. But I think Biden's probably getting his cut off that. I mean, that's usually, you know, the big guy usually gets his, his percentage.
1: Yeah, you know what? I You know, it's funny. I mean, obviously, absolutely no proof of that. By the way, oh. to your point, though, David, there was a story, a story that I saw like a couple hours ago that a number... Uh, Members of Congress have like invested in like defense companies and kind of increased their stocks in defense companies as this has been going on, which to me is shameful, you know, no matter what side of the aisle you're on. Um, but, But do you think that little of Biden that you think that he would be profiting on something as horrible as this?
8: Do I think that little of him? I mean, that's, I, I couldn't think little enough of him. Yeah.
1: I wanted to see how long you'd laugh for, David. I knew I'd get a laugh out of you, David. Yeah. Thank you very much for the call. Okay. Great calls. Um, let's go to uh, let's go to jo- uh, Greg in New Jersey. Go ahead, Greg. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show. What should we do now?
6: Hi, Rita. The last caller was absolutely right. Putin is doing Biden a favor. He's cleaning up all of Biden's dirty laundry in the Ukraine. I talked to uh, Mayor Giuliani earlier today, and he laughed when I said that. He said there's about 20 people over there that are still alive that haven't been killed yet, that he can subpoena somehow, and he can put put Biden away. He could have him convicted of at least treason or something. But Biden's got so much dirt all over the world. China's got dirt on him. He, 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 right now, Putin is doing Biden a big favor. China's stepping in, letting uh, Russia use the yen and and their uh, their uh, money machine. This is the start of the loss of the dollar as the world currency.
1: Wow. This
6: is the start of China.
1: Well, you know what, Greg? It is a scary premise because... You're looking at sort of like China and Russia clearly in cahoots. The question is, how much? Um, and then the next question is, where do we go from here? Because, boy, China certainly seems to be coddling Russia. Um, they have even signaled, even though they deny the reports, that maybe they're going to somehow you know, resupply them with military, maybe buy their oil at a discounted price. There are so many things that are just so concerning about all of this. And as you talk about, there's Biden footprints, certainly hundreds of footprints all over the place. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show.
0: This is The Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. Now, the latest on Russia's invasion of Ukraine.
1: And the latest coming from reports of an American general, actually retired General Ben Hodges, kind of an interesting figure, well-known former commander of U.S. Army in Europe, telling CBS News tonight, by the way, that he believes that Russia will exhaust its ability to fight within 10 days. Let's hope that he's right. Um, But that they are dwindling down, which could explain why they're trying to hurry up and get Syrian fighters, why they're trying to get folks from Belarus, why they're trying to do favors with China, um, because maybe their supplies and their military might is dwindling. But still at this hour, they are pummeling the capital city with missile strikes, also hitting many other parts of Ukraine as we speak. And again, it looks like they are moving closer and closer from a physical standpoint, also surrounding the capital city. And, of course, we will keep you posted on all of that. What do you think we should do now? Because now we know that President Zelensky of Ukraine is going to make his case to the U.S. Congress on Wednesday. And more and more people, we even heard Amy Klobuchar. Remember, she was running on the Democratic side for president. She was basically saying, hey, maybe we should be giving them the MiGs. Maybe we should be helping them. Lindsey Graham says the same thing. So now we're hearing people on both sides of the aisle maybe saying at least give them more military hardware. Many people saying give them those MiGs from Poland that Poland was ready to give them. And boy, does Poland want to give them MiGs now after that strike that was within 10 miles of their border over the weekend, that Russian strike at that peacekeeping location. But what do you think we should do now? And by the way, in the next hour on the show, we're going to continue talking about this, also talking about just the message coming from the Ukrainian people. Unbelievable. We heard from Kiev's mayor today, um, Vitali Klitschko, and, you know, superstar boxer, but superstar fighter. And he's like, I don't care that they're kidnapping mayors. Nobody's going to get me. I am going down fighting. We're going to hear from him in the next hour, his thoughts and his words. And also, we're going to talk about violence in America because it appears that there is a serial killer out there who is killing homeless people in New York and D.C. And also, crime is so bad in Seattle. Remember where they were defunding the police? Well, now Amazon is moving almost 2,000 workers because crime is so bad. Doesn't look so good to defund police, huh? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. What Should we do to help Ukraine now? Do we need to give them the MiGs? Or as you just heard from General Keith Kellogg, former National Security Advisor, to President Trump, let's give them better air defense systems. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stephen in New Jersey. Stephen, your thoughts about this. Go ahead.
8: Sure. Hi. I just think that Biden is so squeamish about uh, doing anything over there. He's
7: just uh, letting uh, uh, Putin roll over him indeed contrary to what he
8: thinks uh, himself is going on. And I think it's time for the British and the French and the Polish to just, you know what, override him. Uh he he might be the head, but he's he seems to be not doing his job anyway. He uh, historically he's never done any job uh in any direction that's beneficial. Look at what what he's done to this country.
1: Well, and and you know, Ukraine Stephen, if I'm Poland right now and you know and, and everybody you guys know my father was Polish, but if I'm Poland right now, I would be extremely worried after that missile strike. And just like you said, the lackluster attitude of this president, um, you know, I wouldn't feel so comfortable. There was a huge missile strike 10 miles from your border. And the president's out there, you know, at a Democratic fundraisers. He's kind of uh, like, you know, trying to reach out to world leaders. They're not returning his call. That's not a very impressive scenario. And that doesn't emote strength, it doesn't emote leadership. And the world needs a lot of both right now because this is a really tenuous situation. We're going to continue with your calls after the break.
0: Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I know your name. The latest on Russia's invasion of Ukraine.
1: And tonight, everybody here on the Rita Cosby Show, here is the latest on the war that is taking place in Ukraine. An airstrike near a checkpoint has caused extensive damage near Kiev. And, of course, that is the capital city, and that means that Russian troops are getting closer to the capital. Also, massive explosions being heard in Ukraine's capital tonight, as Russia is expanding its brutal attack across the country, there are also word uh, just coming in that some 900 missiles have struck into Ukraine since the beginning of all this. By the way, over the weekend again near the Russian border, 30 of them striking an international peacekeeping location it was only a few weeks ago. The Florida National Guard were hanging out there. Meantime. New word about the kidnapped mayor of that city, Melitopol, Mil- which is uh, in a Russian, uh, like in an area that Russia has been hammering just brutally, as we've seen. And in fact, everybody in the city, by the way, when they took the mayor over the weekend and put a bag over his head and marched him off, it's because he would not surrender. He said, "No, this is still Ukrainian territory." And they said, "Either claim that it's Russian territory, or we're going to take you." And he would not. Claim it. Think about the guts of this guy. And now he has been taken, as we saw on videotape, they put a plastic bag over his head and the Russian forces marched him off. But all the people in the town were out there screaming and saying, free our mayor, free our mayor. And there's still protests out there tonight saying, please free the mayor. Well, an update on that mayor. There's apparently two that have been kidnapped so far in Ukraine and some of these smaller cities. And this one apparently has been taken to Russian-controlled Luhansk. And according to Ukrainian officials, Russian forces took that abducted mayor, Ivan Fedorov, again from Militopol, uh, to that Russian-occupied area where he is being, quote, accused of terrorism and being treated as an enemy of the state. Wow. So think about what is going on with that guy tonight. You can bet they're trying to get any information that they can out of that man. Uh, But apparently he is still alive, which is the good news at this point. But you can tell that the Russians are being brutal and they are being ruthless. And earlier today, uh, we heard comments from Vitaly Klitschko. He is the mayor of Kiev. And, of course, that is the big city that is the bullseye right now for the Russian forces. And he was asked, what is the plan? Are you worried? about being kidnapped? Are you worried about being killed? Because for sure he's on that hit list. You know, the Russians have that big hit list and all their assassins that they have out there looking for people like the President Zelensky and this mayor and others. And he said, no matter what happens, he will fight for his country. And so will everybody else. Take a listen to this really gutsy man.
5: So thank you very much for our forces, for our soldier. And they very tough and uh, stay front. Uh, to face of one of the strongest armies in uh, in the world. But huge patriotic wave, wave, huge will to win. It's our land. It's our city. And we're ready to fight.
1: We are ready to fight. And here's a little more of what he had to say about the brutality of the Russians.
5: They kidnapped kidnap the mayor. And uh, it's actually against whole rules. And uh, we see how unfriendly, how is uh, they unhuman yes. activity make Russians in our land.
1: And he is pleading with America to help them, to give them the ammunition so they can take control, not just of the ground, but the air as well.
5: We need modern weapons. We, the, our government talked uh, about close the sky. Mm-hmm. If you have the pat, uh, Patriot, if you have the uh, uh, records, we close the sky above our, our head by cell.
1: We can handle it. We can close it ourselves. But give us the weapons. Give us the air defense systems that we were just talking about in the last hour with General Keith Kellogg, former National Security Advisor to President Trump. And also, what about maybe the MIGs? Somehow sneak them in and get them to the military. What are your thoughts? Because it sure sounds like time is of the essence. Meantime, they are also attacking journalists in a sign that nobody is off limits, women, children, children. They've been hitting hospitals. They've been hitting universities, shopping malls. Now they are also targeting journalists. Uh, over the weekend, an award-winning journalist, Brett Renaud, uh, was killed in Ukraine right after he went through a checkpoint and said that he was, me- you know, he was journalist. He was media. Um, according to Ukrainian officials, the Russians opened fire on him, and another journalist, the other one survived, lived to tell what happened to Brett Renaud. And it's it's harrowing to just hear of what uh, they just opened fire, shot him in the neck as they were driving off. I mean, it's an incredible, unbelievable story of the risks of what it is for everybody in that country. And then tonight, uh, we're hearing that Benjamin Hall of Fox News um, was in intensive care earlier tonight. Uh, we'll try to get an update on that. But he has been a veteran war correspondent as well, um, injured in Kiev. And now also Steve Harrigan. He's a reporter who has covered so many different war zones. I've known Steve for decades, and Steve has been to so many of these difficult battles, so many of these frontline fights. And he says what he is seeing now in Ukraine is really horrific, and it may not have a good ending for the Ukrainian people. Take a listen.
7: It is a movie I've seen before. It's a bad movie. Twenty years ago, when I got started in Chechnya, Putin surrounded the capital of Grozny, And you used the verb rubble before. It's a verb now. That's what's going on. They're rubbling
2: cities. So they rubbled it until everyone was dead or left. And every day we were waiting. Did Grozny fall? Did Grozny fall? They put us in an armored vehicle, drive
7: us in. You pop out. You look around. It looks like the moon. Kiev could look like the moon in six months. I don't see what's going to stop it. He's done it before. I've seen how this ends.
1: I've seen how this ends, and it doesn't sound like it's going to be pretty. Um, Here's a little bit more of how he describes Vladimir Putin.
7: Stop treating
0: Putin like he's a president. He's a thug.
1: Absolutely. Treat him like the war criminal that I believe he absolutely is. And also his generals, too. Why are we not putting more pressure and saying stop? Because clearly we are not these little sanctions on, you know, caviar and diamonds and things like that, and even the oligarchs' yachts and things like that, somehow it doesn't seem to be helping the Ukrainian people right now. 1-800-848-9222. one 848 Let's go to Lamar in New York City. Lamar, your thoughts about all this. Go ahead.
3: Uh, good evening, Australia. Before I make my statement, I'd like to preface it with the remark that... Uh... Your political uh, savvy, brilliance, and your patriotic passion are really quite inspiring, which is why we loathe having to take issue with you even on this one point. I would remind you.
1: Well, first uh, of all, first of all, I'm going to compliment you and thank you for those nice comments. But I love different opinions. It's okay, Lamar. That's what that's America is about. And this is such a tough topic. There's going to be a lot of different opinions.
3: Well, that's true, and I would just like to remind you, Miss Rita, something you're well aware of. Uh, those are the words uh, spoken by the great emancipator himself, Abraham Lincoln, when he said that if a nation falls, it will not fall due to enemies from without, but enemies from within. I've heard people call your program talking about a need for a regime change in Moscow. The existential threat to the sovereignty of our nation and the liberty of our people is not in Moscow, but in Washington, D.C. We need a regime change there. It has become painfully apparent that 10 Joe Bidens. No, I stand corrected. 100 Joe Bidens do not equal one Donald John Trump. The fact of the matter is, is that this has all happened before in 1939 when Stalin invaded Finland. Uh, the Finns were... Terribly outnumbered, but they refused, like the Ukrainians, to be overwhelmed. They fought with the same valor and gallantry we see being displayed in Ukraine, and it ended with their final capitulation to all of Stalin's demands. What we see going on in Ukraine has happened before. It is an exercise in futility. It is worse than futile misrita because it can end in only one way, the decimation of the Ukrainian people.
1: Uh, So what do we do? Because, Because Lamar obviously he is our elected president um, and and sadly look at what the vice president has accomplished Lamar I mean it, it's been so dismal on her you know her European tour it's it's frightening. <laughs>
3: Ms. Reeder, we've had four to six presidents in this country. This is the first time in the history of the republic we've had a, we have a commander-in-chief who has made good on his threat to refuse to defend our borders. We have millions of people crossing that southern frontier without the benefit of any legal documentation. Most of them are criminals, drug traffickers, terrorists. And as, as the great Donald John Trump said at his meeting yesterday, this obsession that is being portrayed defending the borders of other countries is is, is, an, is time wasted. We need to defend our own borders, Miss Rita. And I don't mean to sound unkind or severe. What is happening in Ukraine is a tragedy.
1: Listen, I hear you, Lamar, by the way. Um, and speaking of which, to your point about our own border security, it's interesting you bring that up, Lamar. Um, And I love your passion, my friend, and I agree. Listen, we have to protect our homeland first and foremost, Um, but also we have to protect what's going on over there because I don't think, uh, clearly Putin is not keeping it to even just a few areas of Ukraine. The whole country he's clearly targeting, and he's clearly a bully, and many people believe he will not stop at Ukraine. So it may not be what happens in Ukraine stays in Ukraine, so it's obviously a big issue. But one of the things that's really also scary too to your point lamar i just saw this story and it was about 8600 russians that have sought refuge in the us on the mexican border in recent months what do you make of that everybody isn't that interesting and this is coming from the associated press this is you know you know uh, mainstream media not not somebody you know who's trying to inflate numbers or anything um They say that close to, again, 8,600 Russians have sought refuge in recent months. So what do you make behind that, to Lamar's point about our border security, which I agree with you, Lamar, is a mess, is a disaster, and is an enormous national security issue? Are these Russians that came through there on the border in a big number suddenly— are they? Were they expecting maybe a war was coming? And are they the good guys who don't want to be a part of it and want to come to this great country called America? Or are they trying to do something nefarious to get into this country? I mean, you think about, you know, some people in the past that have come through that border that did not have good intentions. And they sort of slowly integrate within America. And suddenly we've got all these numbers here coming in. Why so many Russians suddenly coming through the U.S.-Mexico border? Clearly, it's a big welcome sign down there for anybody, but that could be a reason for concern. And boy, is it a reason for concern. Now, I want to know, who are these people? Are they here for good intentions because they love America and didn't like the rhetoric of Vladimir Putin leading up to this? Or... Do they have some nefarious intentions and they're trying to kind of ingratiate themselves in America? Remember Mohammed Atta and some of those other guys, you know, they were there. They were working in Florida and working in elsewhere. One of them was in flight school, remember, in the Midwest? All of these different things you have to to make sure you know who is coming to our country, and especially at a time like now, boy, do we need to know. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. one 848 Are you concerned, as Lamar was just talking about, and rightfully so about what's going on in our border, and the fact that now there's a report that more than 8,600 Russians have sought refuge in the U.S., via our border in recent months. Do you trust that? Is that good news or is that really bad news? 1-800-848-9222. This
0: is the Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. Now, the latest on Russia's invasion of Ukraine.
1: And the latest on Russia's invasion of Ukraine as the battle right now continues and rages over the capital city of Kyiv. There are continued attacks taking place and now some new numbers about the number of Ukrainian refugees that have fled their war-ravaged homeland. My goodness, uh, so far, 2.8 million Ukrainian refugees have left. Uh, Since Russia invaded, think about that, almost 3 million Ukrainian refugees, many of them, of course, in Poland, uh, going there and now being sent to different cities throughout Poland, um, some of them to Romania and Moldova, um, some to other countries throughout Europe. But what a staggering number that now, in just this short bit of time— Almost 3 million Ukrainian refugees. The other thing, too, we were just talking about also is the fact that now suddenly 8,600 Russians have somehow sought refuge in the U.S. on the Mexican border in recent months. Why suddenly so many Russians coming across the border at this time? Was that something nefarious? I hope we know who these Russians are. I hope we've tracked them down to see if they have a criminal history Are they buddies with Vladimir Putin? Who are they? Are they oligarchs living here, trying to live under the shadow of darkness? Are they planning something nefarious, even much more serious? Are they fighters? Who are these people? We need to know, especially at a time like this. Boy, is this a reason why we should have a closed border and not an open border that is leaking like a sieve. Meantime, Kamala Harris who came back from a disastrous visit to Europe, so much so that even Joe Biden is saying that he may go now to Europe in the next few weeks. Um, And now he's finally deciding, oh, well, maybe he should go. Um, Because, of course, many of the leaders aren't returning his calls. But regardless, Kamala Harris says that there is no doubt that if a strike gets hit into NATO territory, into Poland, it was right by the border over the weekend, the latest strike from the Russians, that the U.S. and NATO would respond. Take a listen.
5: So I will say what I know we all say, and I will say over and over again. The United States stands firmly with the Ukrainian people in defense of the NATO alliance.
1: So what does that mean? So far, it's like we stand with them, but even that strike that hit really close to Poland, 10 miles from Poland, and I've been right there at that border crossing. I know exactly where that area is. I've been by that peacekeeping military location that's now a pile of dust. It's right there by the border. But what are they going to do? So what are they going to sanction them? Sanction, uh, you know, salmon or something? What's next? They sanctioned caviar, they sanctioned diamonds, they sanctioned vodka. Nothing seems to be stopping Putin because he does not seem to respect President Biden and is just going full throttle. And over the weekend, Kamala Harris and President Biden were at all these different events. They were at basically these Democratic donor events talking about, boy, look at what a great job we did. You wanted somebody great who was going to change the world? Well, we delivered. Listen to this line from Kamala Harris
5: our task is to show people that in many ways they got what they ordered right they said this is what they wanted they stood in line they took time from work it was difficult and a lot of what they demanded they got and so let's get out there as we do and remind them of that
1: Wow. So they got what they ordered. So I guess we ordered massive inflation. I guess we ordered an open border that now we have 8,600 Russians that we have no idea who they are. And I guess we ordered potentially on the verge of World War III. Boy, I don't think anybody ordered this one. one 800 let us go to John in Brooklyn, New York. John, your thoughts about all this. Go ahead. Oh,
3: thank you, Rita. Yeah. Um... For so many years, uh, Gorbachev and other leaders of Russia have tried, I think, to make peace. They have uh, removed themselves from their buffer uh, countries that they were invaded from and lost 20 million people. They left Latvia, Estonia, Lithuania. And now just about all of those countries are joining NATO. And I think that's spooking them. Um, because nato 's charter is to fight in case Russia should attack,
1: so John, let me play devil 's advocate. Russia should have nothing to worry about if they 're not planning to attack you know i i mean even even buying your logic, and I think it's you know I think Putin clearly feels threatened by NATO, but nato's done nothing that 's just an excuse for him he's trying to justify assaulting you know, and slaughtering, you know, a country. Uh, I mean, I think he'll find any excuse. John, go ahead, John. I'm not differing with you. I'm not differing with you. What I'm saying is he wanted to join
6: NATO once just to show perhaps that he wants to be peaceful. If something can be changed amongst the two sides, NATO and them, that we can get back to being peaceful like we
3: were after World War II, like we were when we go
4: on the space station commonly.
1: Yeah, yeah. and by the way, John, you bring up a great point because, listen, I think peace is the absolute best way. By the way, on the space station, the latest update is there's an astronaut up there, an American one, that Russia plans to maybe leave behind. Think about being abandoned, literally, in space by them. We're going to continue your calls, and I agree. Let's hope for peace.
0: Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes.
1: And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a women's veteran event took place at the Veterans Center in Scranton, Pennsylvania, just a few days ago designed to recognize fellow women veterans of service. Now, the women's names were read out loud, and they were given a rose as a memento and saluted and thanked for their service. Brigadier General Maureen Weigel attended the event, and she said, quote, when I first served, women made up just 10% of the demographics and population of the armed forces. Today, we are at almost 20%, and wonderful to see women and men recognized, of course, for their service to our country. Meantime, U.S. troops, in fact, thousands of them are stationed in NATO countries around the world because refugees are pouring in. And also, not only are they helping with humanitarian, they're also helping to protect those NATO countries, especially as we got word that a major missile strike hit, again, right about 10 miles by the Polish border. I mean, that is awfully close. And those old Russian missiles, uh, I wouldn't count that they actually know where they're going. Or if they do know, that's really scary. Even if we give them the benefit of the doubt, do you want an old Russian missile suddenly missing its mark and then it runs and it goes into NATO territory, which is Poland? Or maybe he's trying to send a message and maybe he might do it. Many people believe that he may not stop with Ukraine. And what is happening at Ukraine right now? They are fighting with everything they have because there are repeated airstrikes and sounds of massive explosions taking place in and around the capital city. And Mark Thiessen, uh, conservative commentator, had this to say because he believes that Vladimir Putin does not respect Biden and is going to push the limits in every which way.
2: Biden's so focused on not provoking Russia that he's failing to do what's necessary to defeat Russia. Uh, and and the le- the, the, here's the problem with that. The lesson of history, the last, lesson of the last year of the Biden administration is that weakness is provocative. Mm-hmm. That when your enemies think you're weak, they're more likely to test, uh, question your resolve and they're more likely to test your resolve and they're more likely to miscalculate. That's how wars get started. So you've got a situation, I mean, it's no coincidence that Putin invaded just a few months after the disastrous Afghan withdrawal, uh, which, which sent a message of weakness in the world.
1: And weakness opens up the door to dictators. That's why tonight we are hearing, of course, the, this sort of alliance as there has always been with Iran. We're also hearing that China is having discussions with Russia as to whether to maybe help them militarily. That would be frightening because they're a major military power. Also to help finance, maybe buy some of their oil at a discounted price to help Russia. Uh, boy, what should we say to China, and will we have any sway? Have we lost sort of our standing on the world stage? I mean, have we looked weak? I think absolutely, yes. Unfortunately, in many, many ways, we do not look like we're taking a leadership position. And Jake Sullivan, who's the National Security Advisor, by the way, he had a seven-hour discussion today with his counterpart in China, uh, in meeting some, somewhere in the middle, but talking with him, essentially saying, you know what? Uh, please do not get involved. Please butt out. That would be about a seven-second conversation if I was having it with the Chinese counterpart, but it took them seven hours to get there, and they still don't know what the results are of the discussion. He did say, however, afterwards, and he said this over the weekend too, that there is a red line if Russia uses chemical weapons. Take a listen.
0: It is a very legitimate concern, fear that Russia would use chemical weapons in Ukraine. They're right now accusing the United States and the Ukrainians of potentially using chemical or biological weapons, which is a tell. It's a tell that they themselves may be preparing to do so and then trying to pin the blame on someone else. That's a classic page out of the Russian playbook. As the president said on Friday, if Russia were to use chemical weapons in Ukraine, they would pay a severe price. And I'm going to leave it at that today as we work closely with our NATO allies and partners. And together, we communicate through channels to the Russians uh, to reinforce that message that Russia, in fact, would pay a severe price if they use chemical weapons in Ukraine.
1: So what does that mean? And do you think that Russia is concerned about President Biden and NATO at this point? He's clearly pushing the envelope by sending those missiles to that peacekeeping installation, again, about 10 miles from the Polish border, you know, all the way from Russia, apparently. The report is that it didn't come from planes, that it actually was missile strikes that were launched from Russian territory all the way there. So why are we not giving them these weapons? Why are we not giving them some air defenses? And what does President Zelensky need to do when he makes a case before Congress on Wednesday of this week? He's going to be doing a virtual speech to the U.S. Congress. Can he convince Congress to do more? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to David in San Diego. David, your thoughts. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show.
8: Hi, Rita. I find it hard to believe that anyone in this country could think for a moment that we will not be drawn into the conflict. Somehow somewhere it's going to happen, and obviously we're not preparing for it because that would be considered, oh, an act of aggression by Putin. And I don't understand why we are so afraid of him and he is not afraid of us, but we will be drawn in. And as far as the, the chemical or biological weapons, they will be used. And this, this punishment, this severe price that will be paid, I'm with you. I'd like to know what that is.
1: Yeah, I have no idea what it is, you know, and and also you bring up a point. Do you you do feel it's inevitable? I'm not sure. Listen, I would hope that it's not inevitable because, boy, that really gets things tricky for and escalates and causes enormous concern, you know, not just for America, but for the world. Um, I hope that there's some way to come to some peace negotiation, you know, where, where it stops for the Ukrainian people and and maybe some small measure that Putin can walk away with and feel like he saved face. Um, but but then it's the end of it and he walks away. But I don't know if I see that happening, David. Sadly, I, I hear you, what you're saying.
8: Have you seen it happen yet? I've had this discussion with a friend of mine here. Uh, Possible negotiations. What, is, what has he got to negotiate for? He's in charge. He's calling all the shots.
1: No, Move you're away. right. You're right. And that's why. Did you hear, um, who is it, Trevor Noah, Um, I was playing a little clip (laughs) of him where he said, but it's interesting. I never thought I'd be uh, quoting the great prophet Trevor Noah. But, uh, you know, on the Comedy Central, he basically said, you know what, Um, this would never happen under Trump. Bill Maher also said it, by the way, too. I mean, it's like all these people, these, you know, comedians seem to have wiser words uh, than our president. And I actually think Biden, if he were smart, he would kind of pull in President Trump right now and get his advice. I mean, I think he's clearly over his head. He needs something where Putin feels scared of him and concerned about him. And that was the one thing. You know, we just had uh, General Keith Kellogg here on the show, who was the national security advisor uh, for Trump and Pence. And he he told me a line I'll never forget um, when it, we had him on the show here. I think it was about a week ago. We just had him on just tonight. But about a week ago when I interviewed him, he said the difference between Trump and Biden was that these world leaders, these bad individual, bad actors like Putin and, and North Korea and others, were were so concerned that they had a relationship with Trump where he could talk to them. But if they crossed the line, they had they had this fear that Trump was sort of rational and irrational. And that percentage of irrational scared them, that they were worried that he would suddenly say, you know, OK, well, we're going to do this to you first. And, and they were worried that he meant it. You know, if he was going to do something and that alone kept them, that was sort of the bully in the schoolyard. You got to back them up. And, and there's no sense of a bully in the schoolyard with, with Biden. He's just a wimp. I think David, don't you?
8: It, it definitely. The, the great T.E. Lawrence, Lawrence of Arabia, he, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he, he observed in seven pillars of wisdom that the only thing your enemies will ever respect is your willingness to slaughter them. And when Donald Trump, People sensed that, that he was willing to do that under the right conditions. Yet it was so interesting that when he came to, to uh, retaliating against the Iranians, he held fire. He was very careful about that because he did not want to take civilian casualties. I don't think he's given credit enough for that.
1: Oh, very interesting. That is interesting. And, by the way, that's a contrast to President Putin because he seems to go after civilian targets, which is just – it's ruthless and it's and it's horrible and it's really – Really, really concerning. David, thank you very much. Let's go to Larry in Brooklyn. Larry, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Your thoughts?
9: Yes. Uh, I, I think that um, as far as the Afghanistan war, the fact that Biden left behind, uh, what was it, $85 billion worth of equipment, yep. I think that that showed Putin that there, there is a commitment by this administration to weaken America, or at least there's not a commitment to sustain America's strength. And I and I beyond that, I believe Putin. This is a proxy war against the United States. I believe Putin uh, disdains the fabric of this country. He disdains the left, the leftists, the left-wing philosophy. Don't forget, Putin outlaws a lot of things like homosexuality in Russia, whereas we allow transgenders in the military. So I think he looks at that as we have a weak, wimpy military, a weak president, and. Um, I think he disdains America, and I think he's 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 teasing us to get in. Now, another point I want to make is, and, and Larry, in, I'll get
1: I'll let you answer. But you yeah. bring up a good point because I wondered that too. If he was sort of like like hitting the missile so close to Poland's border, um, as sort of like trying to kind of incite us to draw us in. Like I, I I agree with you. I mean, it's sort of like a little bit of this cat and mouse game. Um, but go ahead, I I hear where you're going because I I thought the same thing okay. too.
9: The only thing that's going to save Ukraine and possibly save the world at this time, and I really mean this, the world, because we are on the verge of nuclear war, uh, is is if the the United Nations somehow gets involved and every country of the world turns against – we turn this into a humanitarian issue where countries from every continent, Africa, Asia, South America, everywhere, look at the slaughter, the wanted slaughter of people and send their own armies in because – Putin, NATO is bogged down in a nuclear um, endgame, but the other countries of the world are not. So if P- Putin's going to start, when is he going to start nuking the entire world? If the whole world turns against him, he's going to have to retreat. And no, that's great. Where, Interesting.
1: Yeah, I like that. I like the. It's sort of like a chess game. I like that where you're going. The problem is also, Larry, is then you got China and you got Iran. And those guys don't seem to be uh, going with the U.S., not that they ever really do. Um, and I would n- definitely not trust either one of them at all. Let's go to Pete in Staten Island. Pete, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Go ahead, Pete.
6: Hi, Rita. We're in it already. I mean, look at this. I mean, we we gotta we get, we gotta defend these people. We gotta help them. I mean, not that this would ever happen. I mean, it's a, a long, long shot. I mean, the two things would be for uh, President Biden to call Donald Trump and at least get advice from him. I mean, Donald Trump whispered in Putin's ear, if you attack us or anything, we will, I will blow Moscow up with you in it. I will aim it right at you. And other leaders, he told them he knew where they were, you know, and and, and he kept them under the bay. When he walked across that line with the little Korean guy, he showed guts. I mean, he could. Have, this guy could have pulled out a knife and stabbed him. He had no uh, Secret Service with him, no nothing. That's when he really showed me the guts that Donald Trump has. And the same thing for New York with Eric Adams. Calling Mayor Giuliani, calling Curtis Weaver, sit down about this crime. This crime is rampant. I was in the city today. I was up around the Diamond District. I was scared. And when I get scared, that's bad. Yeah, that nice is bad because, Pete, be Pete you seem fan. like
1: a tough guy. You're right. You're right. And by the way, you know what? Your your point is an interesting one. First off, on um, the way he handled Little Rocket Man. Remember uh, the North Korean guy? Yeah, he was talking to him. And then yet, if he crossed the line, he was very clear with him. Same thing with the Taliban because the Taliban leader He actually told, according to uh, numerous reports of people who were in the room, that, you know what, if you do anything to us, this is under Trump's reign, if you do anything to us, guess what? I know where your house is. He basically, I think, sent a picture of the house and said, hey, here's your house. In other words, it's not going to be standing if you cross the line. And sadly, you need to play hardball with people like that. And I cannot believe as you brought up, Pete, you brought up a great point because there's they we left it was like what was it eighty three billion dollars worth of weapons and machines there behind. I mean, how crazy is that? Think about if we had brought even one tenth of that machinery over to Ukraine. Why didn't we bring it all to Ukraine? Why don't we put it all on different C one thirties? We absolutely could have, but we didn't. And you know, it, it's it's unbelievable. And I agree with you. That sent a message to the world. That Biden was going to, A, leave people behind, B, uh, you know, be very docile with our adversaries. And it opened the door, I think. And I think Putin smelled weakness incredibly. By the way, we are talking, Pete, you brought up uh, crime in the cities. And I want to close tonight by talking about another important story that's been happening. Um, Really sad. Um, And this, to me, is a sign of how brutal and how horrible and how despicable criminals are. Um, in New York City and in Washington, D.C. They are on the lookout now. They're on the manhunt for a guy who is responsible for stabbing, uh, for shooting, rather, five individuals, homeless individuals in New York City and in D.C. Here's a little bit of Mayor Eric Adams talking about that.
3: Homelessness should not be a homicide. This was a cold-blooded attack. When you look at the pre meditative action of this shooter sends a clear and loud message that we need the help from the public.
1: So what about the help from DAs and judges who are letting repeat offenders out? Right now, they have at least images of the guy. They're trying to catch him. But is this a sign of how depraved criminals have gotten how brazen they are you see this guy in videotape like kicking to see if the person's moving and then he opens fire on a guy in a sleeping bag a poor homeless person who is sleeping outside is this a sign of how bad crime has gotten and it also comes at a time where by the way seattle remember where they were defunding the police a bit Well, in one of the areas where they were defunding the police, Amazon is moving almost 2,000 workers now, saying it's just too dangerous for them to be in downtown Seattle. Wow. It's suddenly an epiphany. I could have told them that during the summer of love, which was, boy, far from the summer of love. What are your thoughts about how brazen criminals have gotten that now they are targeting homeless men in D.C. and New York, And I bet you anything the guy's going to be a repeat offender. Hopefully they get this guy soon. But I bet you he's going to have a rap sheet a mile long. How do we track this down? And what does this say to you about the state of crime that now also Amazon is moving out to? And a place where they were defunding some of the police. Hopefully they get some more back. We're going to talk about that when we come back. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222.
0: It's the Rita Cosby Show.
1: We have been talking about the violence in Ukraine now to the violence on American streets. Really horrible to hear that a gunman who is now on the loose, there's a big manhunt out for him with a $70,000 reward. It was 10000 Now it's up to 70000 for a guy who has targeted five homeless men. Talk about a cold-blooded, ruthless killer. And here is NYPD Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell talking about it because there have been cases in New York City and also Washington, D.C. Those experiencing homelessness are suffering. They are people who face challenges every day just to survive. That is why we will use every tool, engage every bit of science, and work with every partner to end these shootings and murders and bring this individual to justice. We will do it. We will do it swiftly, and we will do it with the help of our citizens, our communities, and our partners. Thank you. And you know, to me, it just shows how horrible and depraved and brazen killers have gotten. In fact. This guy, luckily, they have some images of him on videotape because there's surveillance cameras in a lot of these locations. But you see him, like, walking up to an individual in New York, kind of kicking the sleeping bag to see if somebody's inside, then kind of looking around to see if anybody's around. And then when he doesn't see anybody and doesn't realize there's a surveillance camera on, he opens fire on the bag. It's unbelievable. It just shows how ruthless, how brazen, how callous, a lack of appreciation of life. I mean, is this how depraved that we're targeting homeless people on the streets? And it looks like it's the same person who's doing it in DC as is doing it first in DC, shooting a couple of people there, and then now coming up to New York. Take a listen. Here's Mayor Ar- Mayor Eric Adams.
3: This person is carrying out a premeditative act of shooting innocent people. The shooting in New York. He looked around, he made sure no one was there, and he intentionally took the life of an innocent person.
1: And they believe it is the same guy who is suspected in three attacks on homeless men in Washington, D.C. from March 8th to March 9th. Here is the mayor of D.C. who joined Mayor Adams today in a press conference calling for the public's help. We know that this is a scary situation. Uh, we know that our
7: unsheltered residents already face a lot of daily dangers, and it
1: is unconscionable um, that anybody would target this vulnerable population. How sad. They're homeless, they're so vulnerable. It's freezing cold, and they're outside, and now there is this guy who is outside targeting them. Have we just got to the point where life doesn't matter? It's horrible. And to me, this is such a reminder of why, first of all, we've got to have great cops, which I think we do for sure all over the country, but we also have good judges and good DAs. We're going to throw the book at these people when they get caught. What kind of a punishment should this guy get if he gets caught? Let's go to Karen in Rockland County. Go ahead, Karen, your thoughts about this.
6: You? I was just thinking this, uh, this person that's targeting homeless people, Uh, Did anybody ever think that possibly uh, this person might have had a relative or a friend that was attacked by one of the homeless people? Because they've been attacking people left and right in the city.
1: Oh, that's an interesting point, Karen. Maybe in his mind, it still certainly doesn't justify by any means what he's doing. Um, But there could – we don't know what the motive is, but there could be a series of motives. You know, who knows? He could just be some just horrible, terrible person. Regardless, it doesn't – no justification for – or going after innocent people sitting there, um, there have been a lot of attacks with homeless people, but these people are just out there on the street sleeping, you know, uh, you know, trying to make it through the night. Um, let's go to Norman in Brooklyn. Go ahead, Norman, real quick, your thoughts.
9: Uh, hi, Rita. Um, look, uh, D.C., New York, Philadelphia, these blue these blue cities are out of control. Uh, my personal experience with D.C. was getting whacked in the head by a transient person months
1: ago. I remember you told us that. I remember. Yes,
9: and my forearm is still broken. So anyway, so uh, and he's going up for uh, some kind of trial. But I doubt he's going to show up sometime at the end of March.
1: And by the and, way, Norm, uh, you're right. It has gotten so out of control with the homeless yeah. people, you know, to your point, And I'm glad that you're OK, Norm, too. I remember when you called about that. But these people were just innocent victims who were just sleeping on the street, weren't doing anything, and literally he was killing them while they were asleep. I mean, this is just, it is absolutely horrible. Um, And obviously we got to make sure that we bring this person to justice. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show.